another episode of the Comic Book Kaiju, the show where we love comics and you should too. I am one of your hosts, Trent Justin Baxter. I'm joined by the big largeness himself, Chris Eaton. How are you, sir? Doing well, sir. I am very well. And you know why I'm very well? Because we have, I'm just going to say it, the best guest we've ever had in the history of the podcast, not only editor-in-chief of Spawn and Tom McFarlane Productions, not only a writer, not only a doomsayer, not only an occultist, not only a counterculturist, but the coolest guy that I know, Mr. Thomas Healy. How are you, sir? I am doing wonderful, and that is the uh, the absolute best introduction I have ever gotten. Absolutely. <laughs> I am very happy to have you on, sir. Um, we share a similar state, and um, I've run into you a few times, but uh, I am very happy that you have uh, ascended the heights of the comic book ladder, and I'm very happy that you joined us today. And actually, I wanted to start off um, with just kind of your comic book origin story, kind of what hooked you, what got you into comics, if you can remember even the first comic uh, that you ever got started on. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I grew up in the era when they still sold comics on a wire rack at like 7-Elevens. Yes. I grew up in New York, yes. so we didn't have Circle Ks. I remember seeing Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure going, what the <laughs> hell is a Circle K? <laughs> Figured it out fairly quickly. It wasn't too too deep of a, of a journey. But um, 7-Eleven, uh, wire racks, 75-cent books. Um, I remember reading a ton of Fantastic Four. That was the book that my mother would always grab. Uh, but my first book, and I still remember, and I still I've, I've recently gotten a really good co- uh, copy was uh, Avengers one seventy five, I believe. No, one ninety five, one ninety five. That's what it is. Uh, first appearance of Taskmaster. Oh, um, nice. so it's got this really creepy cover where Wasp is like strapped to a table, and they've got like this clear tent over her head, and they're like pumping gas into her, and they're trying to kill her, and then. Uh, Yellow Jacket and Ant-Man are there to rescue her. Uh, oh, but that wow. was like my first comic that I remember. Ooh. And then I read a lot of Fantastic Four, that John Byrne era stuff, uh, as well as a lot of Captain America. I grew up loving Captain America. So oh, a lot nice. of him in my life, yeah. That is and beautiful. Then, uh, yeah, then, you know, various jobs and that I hated working in front of a desk all day. And uh, I think where you met, I was... This is years and years ago. I was managing at Atomic Comics, I believe. Yes, uh, and actually, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I ever told you this, but it was your YouTube podcast that got me, that introduced me. And I had just moved back to Arizona. I had left, went to Memphis for two years and came back. And I was kind of looking for friends and looking for uh, people to uh, connect with over comic books. And your show came up on YouTube. I don't know how it came up. Um, but I found it and I said, I got to go visit because that's my local shop. Um, and so I just I, I sought you oh, out yeah. and uh, found you. But that was a very happy time in my life. Um, very, that was very interesting. Yeah. time. That was uh, I was I have issues TV. Yes, that's what we called that's right. it yes. back in the day. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's an amazing title. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I and mean, the logo was just a lot was a short box, I think. So people got the whole, uh, and we put the TV logo like MTV. So it was like a short box with like the graffiti TV on the end of it. Yeah. So, I, I, I missed those. I was ahead days. of the time. Um, yeah. I was thinking about that too, because I was like, man, that was like, I want to say it was like, Oh nine. Um, and yeah, you were way ahead of where uh, comic book shows are now on, on uh, YouTube and podcasting, but we're definitely glad that, uh, like you said, you're here today. 
Um, before we get into uh, your journey to where you're at now at Todd McFarlane slash image, um, Mr. Eaton, uh, I, I know you have some questions for our distinguished guest. I do. Um, so I know as editor, a lot of uh, most likely what you do is sort of from a technical basis as far as making sure everything's where it needs to be. But um, is there a creative side to that that you would uh, contribute to as well? I was just curious about that. Yeah. You know, it started out when I, when I first took the job there, I was uh, the publishing coordinator. And that was very much like I always explained it to people because that's just a weird title that not everybody runs across. I was like the air traffic controller for all of the files. I was the liaison with all of the creative teams and making sure, okay, the, the pencils are done. Did those files get to the inker? Did the inker's files get to the colorist? Did the colors files get sent to us? Where are the lettering files? Where are the covers that we're using? That was it. And it was super cool because I just got to, I got to look at all the, all the original art. I got to talk to some amazing top tier level creators in the industry. Um, and then as time progressed, uh, you know, people move on to other things. And uh, the, the old uh, editor in chief, John Goff, who's a, a great guy and taught me a ton, moved on. Now he's the, one of the lead narrative writers for Bungie. Uh, so he oh, writes, wow. he writes video games. Okay. He writes really cool stuff. And uh, Todd tapped me to take over the role of editor at first. Uh, and then once we launched the, uh, the Spawns universe uh, in 2021, um, right at the height of COVID, we launched four titles. And he kind of said to me, he goes, if you can get all four titles launched by the end of the year and we don't miss any deadlines, I'll, I'll make you editor in chief. And so to me, that was my goal. So it was like a year's worth of producing and getting all this stuff out. Um, and then I got, a, I got a car that when it gets a text, it reads it. So I was literally driving to dinner with my wife and I see a text comes through from, I have it listed as Big Shot on my phone. So it says from the Big Shot. Uh, it's Tom. And I hit play and he goes, uh, hey, Thomas, uh, don't forget when you send the book out to the printer tomorrow, change your title to editor in chief. Have a good night. And that's literally how I found out that I got the promotion. Uh, so that was it. So, nice. and of Chris, to circle back to your question. Um, so it, it's changed a little bit. At first, it was really kind of just managing the files. Um, it was also working with a lot of the international mm -hmm. publishers, getting them stuff. Um, but as the, as the role progressed from editor and now editor-in-chief, I do have a lot more uh, creative input to the books. Um, as far as discussing with the writers, you know, Todd writes Gunslinger Spawn. Uh, Rory McConville is the current Spawn writer. He's a writer out of uh, England who's great. He does 2000 AD. He's written some Judge Dredd stuff. And then Sean Lewis is doing King Spawn and Scorched. Um, so I meet with them and I talk with them via Zoom quite often about, hey, what about this? And a lot of times they're asking me, can I do this with a character? What's the background of this character? Because I'm kind of the archivist as well. So I've got all of the back stuff and I kind of go, oh, we can do this or we can't do that. Um, and then as the files come in, um, I'm looking, I do, I do rewrites on the script, um, as they're going into lettering and stuff like that, just maybe to, to punctuate a plot point, or maybe to kind of even cover up a little of a plot point that we kind of decided, oh, you know, we're not ready to reveal that yet. That kind of thing. Uh, hopefully punch up the dialogue a bit. Um, and then deal with art stuff as well as covers come in, as pages come in kind of going, oh, Hey, what if we did this with this character? What if we adjusted this, this page a little bit as well? Todd's uh, currently technically the creative director. So obviously his say so is finally in all matters, uh, creative stuff, but we kind of sure. work in tandem to, to hopefully put out the best product we can. 
you mentioned Scorched. I actually just started reading that. A really interesting book. Really good stuff. Um, that I've, I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, so dovetailing kind of off of off of that, um, I know you described what to me sounds like the most stressful job ever. Uh, how do you? I imagine it's it's for sure an increase in uh, responsibility. I guess you yeah. could say. Um, how how is that compared to what you previously did, and how is it something that you deal with while still maintaining that creative voice? Yeah, it, it is it is a stressful job, but it's it's one of those jobs that's stressful because I because you care about it, not because you know you're you're worried about your, your TPS reports getting in on time. I'm stressed because I want to put it out. Uh, if somebody points out on the right. internet, which has been done uh, in the past, oh, there's a spelling error or, or something's wrong in the book. I mean, that, that, that legit bums me out. Not, you know, simply because man, that wasn't, we didn't do the best we could have done. What could, what, what could we do different? And hopefully, right. since I've taken over, there has been a decline in that. I know that people joke around that Spawn is notorious for just you know, having spelling and grammatical mistakes, but hopefully we're, we're getting a little bit better. Um, it's a 24 hour a day job too. Uh, and luckily my, my wife is, is kind of understanding of that because I have creatives that are in the Philippines or in Rome or in Mexico and South America and Brazil. So I might have to get on a call because their times are like, I, I want them to work properly. So I can't expect them to stay up at three in the morning because I want to make sure that I get my eight hours. It's like these guys got pages to come in. So I might every once in a while have to get a real, real late Zoom or real early morning call just to kind of talk over some stuff. Um, I just try to, again, I, I enjoy doing what I do. So it's, I think, a little bit easier to eat the stress. Um, and I know I've got a really solid team behind me now um, as far as um, my, my, the new publishing coordinator, uh, who just got a promotion from associate editor Yvette Artiaga, who you might know just because she was an Atomic Comics staff member and then a Samurai Comics staff member. So you probably know Yvette um, from locally. Um, but I got a good team behind me. Uh, so now it's a little bit easier. And then Todd is is obviously someone that you can't help but learn from every single time we talk. So uh, right. it's kind of good. I've, I've found that in my... I found that in my professional life too that a good team makes all the difference. Absolutely, in the world. absolutely. And, and yeah. there's always surprises people because my my I was a comic shop manager on and off for many many years. But my my big job prior to this, I was working in hospice care. Um, and I remember interviewing with Todd, and he was kind of trying to punctuate the point that you know this is a stressful job, and I, I'm going to need you. You might have a late night now and then, and I need you to take this. I'm like, yeah, I was dealing with families of people who were dying. And I'd have to go comfort them at 3 a.m. sometimes. So hmm. no offense to, to Todd McFarland Productions, but I, I think I can handle that stress, Todd. It's just comical. <laughs> uh, and I think that certainly has helped because it was just a, it, it, that's a very odd career choice that I took at, at one point that I'm still grateful for doing. It was it was an amazing opportunity for me to do that for about seven years. Um, but I think it, it kind of helped settle down any nerves I might have at pretty much any other job I could possibly have. Yeah, that is fantastic. And can you kind of talk about your after the hospice, um, kind of your climb up the the ladder at um, at Todd McFarlane Productions? Um, you know, my I when I took hospice, I kind of was taking a sabbatical. Uh, you know, obviously you're dealing with a lot of a lot of dying that does that does wear on you. 
Um, and at that particular point in time, my, my dad was really sick. So it was like dealing with it at work and then coming home and dealing with it at home. Uh, and I just needed some time away. And I talked it over with my wife and my boss. And I was like, I'm stepping away for a little bit. Um, and I, I went to Ace Comic Con when they were still doing that here down at Cardinal Stadium. Actually, it wasn't Cardinal City. It was actually the Coyote Stadium. Um, and I ran into Mariah, who is the Mariah and Mike on Samurai Comics, Mike and Mariah Banks. And I had been one of their shop managers before hospice. So I was like, hey, if you need somebody to work part time, let me know. Uh, I got some free time. You know, I'll work weekends just to get out of the house. And uh, she said, why don't you come back and take over the, the West Valley store? So I did. And I was there for about eight months. And then one of my best friends who used to do the job of publishing coordinator called me coincidentally on my birthday and said, hey, I'm moving to another role within McFarland. I'm taking over. I'm going to be Todd's assistant. Do you want to take over my job? And I said, well, do I have to interview? Like, I don't have a background per se in this. And she goes, he just said I can find my own replacement. It's going to be you. So he wants to meet you tomorrow. So I went and I had my interview with Todd and we talked about three hours. And by the end of it, he's like, eh, I think you got the job. When can you start? And that literally is it. And I know most people probably hate to hear that because again, I was at the right place at the right time. And it's, did you earn it or whatever? I, I put in my dues in a lot of other aspects. Um, but yes, I, that's how I did. I was just, I was lucky enough to know the people I knew. And I was lucky enough to, to have the background that I had that to Todd translated to That's somebody fantastic. that would do and I was, job. In my life, say that luck is that combination of being prepared and then the opportunity. So um, that definitely is uh, sounds like it, it rang true for you as well. Yep. Um, and actually, I had my I had one almost interaction with Todd. Um, we were at I don't know, Chris, if I ever told you this, but it was a, a critic screening for uh the clone wars star wars the animated series the clone wars they played some episodes in the theater and i'm sitting down in the press or the um the theater Hmm. and then todd came in with his kids and i was like you sat in the same row as me and i was like don't freak out that's todd mcfarland he's right there i didn't say anything to it but the whole time i was like looking (laughs) out the corner of my eyes he likes star wars just like i do uh but that was my my Todd McFarlane running. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I never heard that story. It's great. Yeah. He, he's one of those creators that absolutely, I, I know few creators as good with the fans as him. He, he could be exhausted. He drove for San Diego Comic Con. He drove down from Canada 16 hours and had to get on a train in LA, took the train down, slept like two hours, like, Banging on his door, you got to get up and you got to sign, you got to get a signing dresses. He's just exhausted. It was just like this car ride from hell. But you know, at the second he sits down and he's at that table, man, everybody gets the time with him. They're, it's not the, you know, you so the Galaxy <laughs> Quest, they're, you know, they're signing and just moving it along. It's like everybody gets the fist bump. Everybody gets the, hey, how's it going? Oh, I like your hat. I like your shirt. Oh, this issue. I remember when I wrote this. Everyone gets that little bit of story to share that moment with him. Um, I, I've met few creators that are as good with the general public and the yeah, fans. Yeah, that's great that to hear. Um, because that's the way it seems from the outside um, looking in on it. It just seems like he's just a very humble, down-to-earth guy and um, has had the, you know, 
as much success as you can have in this industry. And even 30 years later, because I was thinking about Spawn actually did a little um, uh, TikTok earlier today, and it was talking about just the history of Spawn. And it was like, the first appearance was 1992. And I was like, it just kind of blew my mind that it's Todd is still going strong, kind of still creatively uh, putting out stuff. And then every interview I ever uh, hear, he's, he's just talking about his love for the comic book industry. And um, it's just, it's great to see that, you know, coming still, he's still going strong, didn't get burned out um, in this industry. So that's definitely uh, somebody that I look up to uh, in this. Yeah. And I know I, I sound like the PR guy because I do, I, I, I tout, I tout him a bit and I tout what we do. Um, you know, like per, perfect example, it, it, you, you picked up Scorched, Chris. Um, you have a physical copy or are you reading it digitally? Okay. Digitally. Have you picked up any of the physical copies within the last year or two of any of the Spawn books? Haven't had the chance to yet. I'm not currently near, okay. a, near a shop. So we upgraded to like a cardstock cover. Because we have, because okay. Spawn has has is kind of in that niche of like print runs where there's some ridiculously expensive and valuable back issues of Spawn, um, so, stuff that tops a thousand dollars easily, um, and you know so people were complaining what during COVID there was a paper shortage and some of our papers you know we'd ship them out and they'd be like well I'm not going to get a nine point eight if I see if you see this this is the first appearance of Monolith and all my all of my stores copies were dings up so in the middle of COVID we found a new paper stock and now we're doing card stock on all the books. And then originally image was like, so you're going to raise the price at three ninety nine. And Todd was like, no, no, we're two ninety nine, two ninety nine book. So it costs us more to make that book. And now you're shipping out these books and they all arrive. I'm not going to say all 98% of them arrive pristine, no corner dings, mm-hmm. no, right. no bends. The covers look great. And he's like, no, we're going to keep that book at two ninety nine As long as I can, there's no reason to change that. And like people luckily still, like you were saying, he, he's do he does that for the industry. Cause this is something that he absolutely loves. And, uh, you know, he doesn't do a ton of cons like some creators, but it's, it's a place that he loves. And it's, it's a, a job that I think he's going to do until he literally can't do it anymore. Talking about the love for the industry, um, which is apparent uh, with the, the creativity that you guys put into into the books when image started uh i'm a big wrestling fan when image started it was like this breakaway ecw you know new thing that was breaking off and it was like a, a a significant shift in the comic book industry and this sort of attitude behind yes um is is that is that um is that MO still present or is it, is it hard to keep that balance with the sort of corporate structure, which I'm sure there is and things like that, or does it still have that sort of renegade creative attitude running? Through now, it? This is now first, In first let opinion. me say as a, as a former New Yorker, I grew up watching ECW on public access. So back in the Shane Douglas, Joey style, like yeah. so I, I'm, I'm there with you, New Jack. I'm, I'm there with you, my friend. I get that. I get that. And yes, uh, when you were talking 1992 and all these 20 somethings said, you know, kind of mm-hmm. F you to the big, the big corporate ones and left. Uh, yeah, that, that energy was certainly there. And you know what? I, I, I don't begrudge any of the, the founders and I know Todd's still friends with every, but every one of them, but if you, if you get him in the right mood, he's, he will point out, 
couple of them went back. You know what I'm saying? So a couple of them went back. Yeah. Um, but what I feel we're kind of doing, and, and, you know, you talked earlier, you know, there is image and then there's, there's TMP, Tom McFarlane Productions. I don't work for image. I work right, with right. image, but then just like Mark Silvestri sure. has top cow and, you know, yeah. um, you know, there's still shadow line, I think still technically exists. Um, so there were all these little sub studios, obviously Wildstorm is probably the most famous one. I always joke and go, man, they had cool ones, homage and Wildstorm and Top Cow and Shadowline. <laughs> and then Todd, you went Todd McFarlane Productions. I'm like, where's, where's the cool edgy nineties name? It's like, everybody knows my name though. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Um, but I, I kind of feel that now that Image, you know, obviously has a couple of new partners in, you know, Eric Stevenson, who's the publisher. He came on as a partner years and years ago, along with Robert Kirkman, who's doing Skybound stuff. Um, while the, the company's kind of evolved into not really having any kind of shared universe anymore, um, that's one of the reasons we kind of got into the discussion um, at the beginning of COVID about what about just expanding Spawn's universe? Um, you know, right now, all of the books, right. just, just the four, you know, we had one year of those books, like, let's see how these settle in sales. We just hit that year mark with King Spawn 12. Um, it, it's it's all done incredibly well, way more than we anticipated. All three of those number nice. four, if you count Spawn Universe, they all set records. King Spawn nice. number one sold over half a million copies. Right. Comics don't do that in the, in the 2000s anymore, but but we did. Um so I think if you if you're looking for that kind of like, and this may sound sound corny to say, but if you're looking for that kind of like outlaw, that kind of ECW thing, I think that's kind of what Todd and I envision a little bit with what Spawn's universe can turn into. Not that it's there yet, because again, everything is still Al Simmons focused for the most part. But I can't talk about it too much. But we are talking about what other what other books, what other properties can we bring into the Spawn universe film that are not necessarily spawn centric they might take place in that universe and we can acknowledge that there is a spawn and that there might be this secret war with heaven and hell but that's not the point of the book what if it's just a superhero book just like you know batman and superman eventually joined that universe you know when they first came out in the 30s they weren't necessarily planning for that so we do have that plan of like let's expand this universe we don't want to go here's 15 new books for you todd mcfarland fans that's good. That would just kill, kill every, all the fan base. But if we can slowly introduce and bring on talent like Sean and Rory and Carlo and, and Steven Segovia, who's coming aboard and Javi Fernandez, who's the artist for King Spawn, who's just insanely good. Um, if we could slowly expand that universe, get people excited about these other little corners that they're not aware of. Mm. Hopefully this can be like that early image universe where everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And when it was beneficial or exciting, you saw those crossovers. You saw Spawn show up in Savage Dragon. You saw Bad Rock fighting Violator. That's you know, you saw that kind of stuff. And having and having your own universe sort of that you're in the, the stages of sort of creating in the process of it anyway, uh, that'll lead, I mean, you have a great cohesiveness between everything. So it all feels like one world. Yeah, that, that's certainly the plan. Like, I would love to do, again, I love Spawn. I love, I love the Spawn universe. But I would love to just set a few other stories in motion in that universe. But again, that mm -hmm. don't directly relate to Al's story. Right. Because there's still a lot more. You know, there's there's angels, there's demons, there's Mother Nature, there's all this other stuff. You know, Overt Kill was a Russian assassin. 
How are the Russians building cyborgs? Let's find out about that a little bit. Um, why Cygor is a great character that had nothing to do with heaven or hell. It's literally just mad science project gone awry. Um, so I think there's a lot right. more. And then there's new characters that we can come up with. You know, Rory and Sean have done a really good job of introducing some new characters. And it wasn't, and it wasn't just going back to the well of, well, let's bring Violator back. Let's bring the, the curse back. Let's bring the freak back. Now we've got new characters like the plague and the court of priests. And uh, if you've been reading spawn at all, uh, Rory's been doing a great job of bringing in some of these other spawns that have kind of fallen through this hole in time. Uh, and unfortunately for him, he, he's done a really good job of introducing some cool ones. And I managed the letters page and everyone's like, Oh, I really, really love that you, that you did this dark detective, like this noir 30s spawn. And it's so, so cool. And, and in the letter that I published <laughs> that in is the issue where he gets totally murdered. And, dead. and I'm like, Oh, sorry, dude. I literally just answered it like that. Sorry, dude. He's not around anymore. But we could do more. And and, and again, let's 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 just hopefully expand. And that's and actually do some um, more stuff. a question that I had going into right. it as either someone who is new to the Spawn universe or let's say somebody who was reading in the 90s kind of took a hiatus or came back to it. Now, in 2022, where would you suggest is a good starting point mm -hmm. for the spawn universe. That's a great, great question. And I, I get that asked a lot and I have two answers. It depends on how much you want to take in 333 issues. We literally just put spawn 333 to, to the press today, <laughs> halfway to the number of the beast, halfway to six, 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 I mean, come on, that's going to oh, be the, that's got to be the, the specialist spawn issue ever. Glow um, in the dark chrome. Absolute die cut. Todd's blood mixed into the spawn cape. I mean, we're doing it all. We're going to do it. We're going to do it all. Ozzy's going to have a special song for it. You know, we only have to wait 30 years. There you go. We only have to wait 30 years for it. So hopefully, knock on wood, all these, all these you might, might want to go ahead and get him to record yeah. it. And then, yeah. Not, not a bad idea. Um, but, so we just did this. So 30 years. If, if somebody wants to be like, hey, man, I want to I want to know all of it from the beginning. One of the, the big things I did when I first took over as editor was I started the, the Spawn Compendium program again. And we put Compendium 1 out. And that was the first 50 issues in full color, nothing edited, $59.99, 50 issues. Boom. We've now we number three just came out. We're working on four and five right now. So it's easy to digest. Those are going to be coming out probably two or three years. So it would be very easy to digest and get up to issue 300 in the next year or two. And then you can buy some supplemental trades if you want to. If you don't, <laughs> if you're like, you know, 300 is a lot of issues to digest. And I don't really, can I get a, can I get the, the reader's digest version? Yes. Uh, a trade recently came out called the record breaker and that included 300 and 301, which are the ones that said the 301 set the Guinness book of world records for the longest running creator owned book. But it includes issues 260, 296, and 297. Those give an overview in those two issues of basically everything that has happened so far. Real, real high level. Hey, this is a, he was a work for the government, betrayed by the government, turned into a hell spawn, fought a bunch of these guys. And it's 296, 297. Give you that overview. 298, 299, 300, 301. That's the, the story that sets the new direction for Spawn's universe. And then okay. you've only got a couple of trades to catch up from there. So if you're willing to just jump in that late in the game and just get caught up, 
296 is the issue that you're going to want to start on. And then from there, you can then start on, you know, King Spawn 1, Scorched 1, and Gunslinger 1. But 296 is that key issue that'll get you caught up, and you'll have a very good understanding nice. of very where nice. we're at in the universe. Uh, Chris, did you have any other questions before we conclude today? Uh, not that I can Ooh think wee. of. Not that I can think of. We can uh, we can talk about some <laughs> ECW later. Well, yeah. Thomas, oh, yeah. you have been very generous with your time, and I'm very pleased uh, that you were able to stop by and talk all things Spawn here at the Comic Book Kaiju. And you have an open invitation anytime you want to come back. You want to talk about what is new in the Spawn universe? We are here, and we would love for you to join us again. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I would love to. I, I will plan on coming back post-New York Comic Con because there's going to be some real big announcements. Um, obviously, the big the big thing that I think most people are expecting, and I don't think it's a secret, is they're probably going to have the first big Ooh. reveal of some of the art for the Spawn Batman mm. uh, crossover that's currently in production right now. Um, so I've gotten to see, see some of that. I've seen some of the covers. Uh, it's it's going to be special. I think that's going to be a real real treat for the fans and arguably i i think that might be the biggest cover in 20 years i mean nice. that's the biggest issue the best-selling book in 20 years i'm not doubting that that book is gonna that might break some records that's just you know greg and todd together again doing what what todd got famous for and what greg got famous for it, it's just i think uh, an absolutely phenomenal uh story that they're putting together for that uh, yes, and then hopefully yes, we'll have yeah. some spawn. Yeah, when we go off mic, just tell point. us all the details about the spawn movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Uh, but like I said, uh, very yeah, pleased yeah, that you're able to stop by. On, yeah. If anyone is interested, uh, you can always check out our show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, just check down below. Uh, we're going to have all of Mr. Healy's uh, information, Twitter, Instagram, everything that he's doing over there, which I highly recommend because, you know, sometimes creators have social media and they don't post on it. Not not with Mr. Healy. He posts every every day. There's something spectacular on there to look at. So I'm always happy when, when a new uh, Thomas post comes up. So we're going to have all that linked down in the show notes. And just don't forget, uh, our book of the month is coming up this month. So we are definitely going to have an episode um, talking about that as well as um, all of our future stuff. If you'd like to check us out um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. And like I said, if you're watching on YouTube, please don't forget to leave us a comment down below and let us know what you thought. All right, Mr. Eaton, I am very pleased to say that Thomas Healy loves comics and you should too. <laughs> <laughs>